Oh, shit. Here we go again. If the NFL is smart, they say, Taylor, look, we're on a hot streak, us. Like, we're a couple right now. You know what would make us the sexiest couple for the, the rest of the year? Is if you showed up at our Super Bowl and you sang your ass off and you gave everybody that paid his ticket. Not only does this increase the tickets price of the Super Bowl, not only does this turn this thing into a must-view event that it already is. You bring in all your crowd. You you turn this into the greatest sporting event of all time. This is an heiress tour at the Super Bowl. I mean, if the NFL is smart, they should be concocting this. They should be sucking a tit off Taylor Swift's fucking chest saying, we will do this for you forever if you fucking do this for us. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Here we go! Let me say this. I don't think I've ever seen a single play, especially in the first half, affect the entire rest of the game like that fake punt touchdown did. In the second quarter, Missouri, we had them. It was like fourth and long, and they lined up the punt, and they did a fake punt pass, and it was like ended up being like a 40-yard touchdown or whatever. The Cats literally tucked their tail between their legs and laid the fuck down. It was insane. How do you go from 14 up to 14-7 and you're dead in the water and you still have the lead? That's what's so frustrating about this team is that we have so much potential to be a, a good football team, an actual good football team. And it's like every time the moment rises, we get an opportunity to, to prove that we are going to take the next step as a program. It's like we just shit down both legs and cannot recover. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph. I am one half of the dynamic duo that is before you. I am Sir JD Cozada. This is my knight in shining armor, Cody Murphy. Here, 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 here. There's a hey, yeah, hey, all nail before you can. I'm I'm still talking into my microphone like it's doing something for me, but ladies and gentlemen, we have technical difficulties on our hands per usual, cozy and Murph action. But we're gonna forget that because I'm talking to you guys through my JBLs. If it says anything about JBLs, go fucking buy them because they seem to be working with nothing else done. Oh, Murph, how was your weekend? I know you came back from vacation. Been settling in. You doing all right? Getting your ass back into work? I know you were dying yesterday. What's up? Well, I feel a lot better this week. Um, I was a little under the weather last week. I don't know if it was just the mountain air or what, or it's just that time of year again, but feel a lot better. Um, yeah, I mean, work is wearing me out, getting, getting back in that cycle of waking up at five in the morning. Freaking sucks, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I've just been in the afternoons, I've been crashing hard. But I mean, I'm glad that we went to the mountains, but I'm glad to be back home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're I got homesick. <clears throat> but I mean, hey, Maybe got a little vacay in, got, got to watch some football when I got back, and 
It's all good in the hood. What about you? How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Um, typical with the girlfriend, but me and her, we took the moment to kind of relax. I know that we've done a lot of traveling and I mean, just alone since we've gotten together, it's been go, go, go. And we past couple weekends sat down and settled and just kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit. But this weekend we took the chance to kind of go over some financials and kind of make a plan for the future and see like an actual like guideline for the future. And it, it was really nice. And like, I'm not trying to get all sappy and emotional here, but I've never had a partner like be thoughtful in that, in the asset of like, like, you know, there's worried about your money, worried about your, worried about your future. Yeah. Like worried about my future. Like, you know, it just, it was, it was a very selfless act. And I know one of my love languages is, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like, it's like taking, like doing something for you. Like if I'm working on a project and you know, my, my partner does something to help me complete that. Like, that's one of my love languages. That's it's something that like is really, really like, I guess, sexy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like really like, and I guess that's why me and Kayla work. And I know I'm kind of diving into my relationship, which isn't the standard for this podcast, but what you guys don't know is like, she's behind the scenes working images and the link tree you guys seen got put up and she's helping with Patreon and stuff. So you guys know her give her give her a little bit of love she's doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff for us and i guess that's why she's sexy to me and i want to give her a shout out yeah shout out kayla <laughs> all right yeah weekend was good but there's a lot of stuff going on in the sports world and i think we are no doubt about it a sports podcast come the fall there's a lot of things going on on social media all oh, that shit is going on overseas, which I don't know too much about. The fucking war on Israel, and I don't. Yeah, I, I, I went back and forth. Like, is it really worth us to even dip our toes into something that we truly don't even know anything about? And I think our direction right now is probably just because, like, our podcasts do run a little bit longer. I know it is tougher to digest or find the time to fully listen to an hour and a half hour and 45 minute podcast so maybe we just keep it straight to the sports that's our bread and butter that's what we know exactly what we're talking about um but at some point you know i think it would be extra content for us maybe to put on the patreon if we sat down figured out learn together we don't have to like discuss it completely but learning together would be a good thing as to like what the fuck is going on and all that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a little <clears throat> complex for my taste. It'll probably be a long-winded discussion. I think they would be better served for a separate episode of a tone. I agree. And like you said, I, I really don't fully understand the situation. And, you know, it's just, let's just stick to the sports, what we know. Yeah. And if we want to venture off into that, we can... Do that on a bonus episode. How about that? So I think this episode, let's say, let's talk baseball for it. Get that out the way. I know there's a lot of football, of course, to cover. And maybe one of the bigger things that happened was that Dylan Dennis. I don't know if you saw Dylan Dennis and the Logan Paul fucking bullshit ass fight. But there's also shit like 
that girl that was the Chargers fan. The I mean, the Phillies are on fire. The Rangers are on fire. So there's a lot to talk about. So it'll definitely still be a good hour-plus episode, but condense it into more of a sports-relative podcast, per se. Sounds good. All right. Let's get into it. MLB playoffs. Playoff baseball, if you haven't been watching been a lot going on in baseball, but it has been a lot of one-sided affairs as of right now. The Phillies and the Rangers are up 2-0 in their series, respectively. The Astros are playing the Rangers right now. It is the third inning as we start this podcast. They are up 3-0 on the Rangers. The Rangers have been one of the best offensive teams this playoffs, which my concern was... My concern was more or less like how how does it sustain for them because their pitching is shorthanded. But with that said, Max Scherzer is back. So maybe that's something. But then again, Verlander. But this kind of brings me to a moment where it's like if you told a Mets fan at the beginning of the year that Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer will be pitching in the championship series, what do you think they would say? Well, I would ho- hope that we, they were on the Mets roster and that we were competing for the National League Championship Series. But, hey, it, Mets are going to Met, and we sucked this year, so we just ended up getting rid of all of our assets. Not all of our assets, but two of our big main pitchers that were expected to have big years for us. Literally, it, the worst, you know, I mean, it's just worst-case scenario all the time. If you're a Mets fan, I mean, you see the tweets, you see everybody on social media, you see Frank the Tank Fleming. I mean, he's one bad game from a heart attack all the time. So, like, <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he wants I mean, he away like, from kneeling over and turning into Tim Tebow before your eyes. I mean, <laughs> it's just bad for your blood pressure, bad for your overall health, and it's just infuriating. So. But uh, yeah. hey, hey, I'm happy for I'm happy for the old dudes, Scherzer <laughs> and Verlander. Old back guy. at it once again. They don't know. I mean, hey, I'm happy for them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a hater. Yeah. and say I hope they both lose. Unfortunately, Scherzer is pitching right now, and in two innings, he has given up four runs. But you know, he hasn't pitched in a couple months. I think it was a long shot to get him out there and start him in Game Three. I think if anything, they should have brought him in late game scenario, get him an inning or right. two. Where, yeah, I don't know why you start him right I mean, off the bat. Yeah, because Houston's offense has has owned Scherzer in years past, so it's kind of a tough scenario. But Yeah, I think you got to pull him right now at this point. He just gave up another run. Yeah, I see it's 4 nothing. But, I mean, they're up 2 nothing. He'll get another chance to pitch again, I'm, I, I guarantee it, before the end of this series. So I like tuning in for Scherzer starts because he's a fucking madman. He's one of them guys like – he is must-watch for the most part. Verlander the same way. And I think that – imagine a game seven where it's Justin Verlander against Max Scherzer on the bump. I think that would be a fun Eesh, game. To, I think that would be, be awesome. A, I think it would be a fun game to – That would be good for baseball. Sport. Yeah. Good for baseball. Let's speak on that. Bryce Harper. I think the Phillies. I think the yes. Phillies are good for baseball. <laughs> Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber. I mean – those dudes fucking bang. Bryson Stott, Alex Baum. They've got 
you know, we talked about the Braves coming into the playoffs. They don't have a weak link. Though. Yes, bro. That seems like thing. everybody one through nine could go yard at any time. It's it is very satisfying to watch. I mean, that man Castellanos is he's an animal, and he's been he's been a straight up baller everywhere he's played. Everywhere, I mean. In Cincinnati, I fucking loved him. I wanted him back so bad. I was pulling for it so hard. They've got a plethora of guys. I mean, Schwarber hits a home run every fucking four at-bats, even though he strikes out the rest. Trey Turner's hitting 500 all playoffs. Bryce Harper's hitting 385, and he's good for a home run fucking every game. Nick Cassianos has had, what, eight home runs since he's tied. He tied the, the Mr. October. Yeah, I saw that stat. He tied Reggie Jackson. One more home run, and he takes the lead. That would be cool to see someone dethrone the Mr. October. Nick Cassianos, Mr. October. That would be sick as fuck, I'm not going to lie. And his swing is so nice. You know, I we talked about this earlier. We texted this back and forth, and it's like, we're going to be a Phillies podcast. Maybe we just pull for the Phillies the rest of the run. We're Phillies fans. We need to get some fucking T-shirts, and we're fanatics. I mean, it's fun to watch. Hey, it looks fun, man. I would love to go to a game at the at the bank, Citizens Bank Park. It looks, it looks so cool. Their, their ball field is beautiful. I mean, I wish the Mets had that atmosphere, but, right. like, we've just been so bad for so long. Yeah. It's It's – Hard environment, but that's Philly. And I think as I get older, I I was a Eagles fan because of certain players. But and it's still, I guess, in the same retrospect because I got a lot of love for Cassianos, Trace Turner, and Bryce Harper. But those the Philadelphia fans are like truly the best. They're going to show up regardless. And like you said, you texted me earlier. It's like nobody is going to beat the Phillies at the link and. I completely agree. I think it's without a doubt a statement. It's like Russell Wilson Seahawks teams back in the day. Like they had the fans really. No, wild. it's cool. Philadelphia is one of the premier sports fandom fan bases in, in the country. I mean, you think about all time great fan bases. You know, they're up there. Phillies fans are they're and it's and it's like that with the Eagles. It's like that with the Seventy Sixers. And it's cool because they have cool names for their fucking stadium. Like, like you said, the the Eagles play at the Link, the the Phillies play at the Bank, and we're the Seventy Sixers. I can't remember what they call it. It's not the Garden because that's Boston. No, it's, uh, but um, fuck, I can't remember. But can't it's remember something either. cool, fuck. you know. But there's there's just a great sports culture around that city, and you've got Rocky, you've got. You know, there's just so many countless names you could throw out there in the history of Philadelphia sports. So it is a great sports city. I'd love to visit one one day. Uh, I can respect the passion, you know, from one great fan base to another. So I think I think it'd be awesome to see Philly win this year. I know there's a lot of people on Philly right now, but hey, we might see a surprise though. The Rangers are red hot. You never know what the Astros are going to do. The Diamondbacks, I hate to say it, I just don't think the experience is there. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough scenario. There's a lot of – I mean, there's a lot of baseball. This is a seven-game series. The championship series goes seven. So there's a lot of baseball left to be played. Tomorrow night, the Astros and – the Astros, Rangers, Phillies, and Diamondbacks all play. So if you're looking to watch some baseball, 507 Astros 
at the Rangers, and then 807 Phillies at Diamondbacks. It's going to be hot. It's going to be fun. Definitely tune in. Oh, speaking of going to Philadelphia, I will be there for my birthday, November 6th. Well, the Cowboys play November 7th, but we play the Cowboys November 7th, and it's going to be a hell of a game, I think. And I think I'm going to try and get some content, see what I got to do to find a way to fucking talk with the people. I think I should do one of them things where I get a little microphone and start interviewing people like at the tailgate and shit. Yes. I'm thinking I, I, I might do that for the that would be Kentucky Louisville game. That would be cool. That would be good content. I think we should definitely do that. But I'll be in Philly, and hopefully it's coming off of a World Series, and the city is hype, and they'll – they're, they're, I might witness a murder of a Cowboy fan, so maybe I'll get that <laughs> live on camera. Speaking of football, we'll transition because we did have a fun week of college football. Some disappointments for our fan bases, but also some high moments for our fan bases. Merv, man, what a fucking week of college football. You want to go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off and start where it bleeds or what? I guess we can just lead right into it. Tough week for the Cats again. Um, started 14 zip into the first quarter. And I, I don't, let me let me say this. I don't think I've ever seen a single play, especially in the first half, affect the entire rest of the game like that fake punt touchdown did. In the second quarter, Missouri, we had them, it was like fourth and long, and they lined up the punt and they put, did a fake punt pass, and it was like ended up being like a forty yard touchdown or whatever. The cats literally tucked their tail between their legs and laid the fuck down. It was insane. How do you go from fourteen up to fourteen seven and you're dead in the water and you still have the lead? That's what's so frustrating about this team is that we have so much potential to be to be a a, a good football team, an actual good football team. And it's like every time the moment rises, we get an opportunity to to prove that we are going to take that next step as a program. It's like we just shit down both legs and cannot recover. <laughs> I, I, I can excuse mistakes. I can live with playing hard, playing fast, and making mistakes. What I can't deal with and accept is just undisciplined football. Just dumb penalty after dumb penalty, drop passes, blown coverages. And and all that leads back to the coach. The coach is responsible for making sure he has a disciplined football team. I don't question their effort. I know they play hard. I don't question the team's effort. I question their their awareness, their game awareness, their their moxie, you know, like it's like they get so hot. These Stoops teams get so hot, they blow their lid 14 nothing, And then after one bad thing happens, everybody collapses, and it's like the game is automatically over because we had one bad play. And so it's, man, I really hope we can get that sixth win to get a bowl bid, but at this point I don't think we really deserve it. Yeah. They're going to have to prove. They're going to have a lot to prove the rest of the season. We've got a pretty tough schedule still. We've got – Let's see. I know we just played Missouri. You got Tennessee, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, and Louisville. So you guys would – I mean, 
you're going to have to get one on either at least I think Miss- I think it's Mississippi State. Yeah. And possibly Louisville. And and outside of that, I don't think we have another win. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to it's going to be tough. I know Tennessee next week is going to be a tough one. Mississippi State's gettable. South Carolina, I think, is more gettable than you guys think. But yeah, Alabama's going to be. I'm scared. If we play like we did Saturday, if Kentucky plays like they did Saturday, we won't win a game. Yeah. And this is kind of what I was getting into in that text chain the other day is people want a dog on the quarterback, which is deservedly so. I'm not here to be a Devin Leary apologist. I'm not. But whenever you look at all the things stacked against him, not only is he a subpar, you know, in his performance, but he also – his offensive line is not great. They have there's a, you start every drive with first and fifteen, first and twenty, second and twenty because of a silly false start call or a silly holding penalty, and so you're already behind the sticks. You're already behind on downs before you even start the drive, and so it's hard to get a rhythm as a quarterback whenever you've got to fight through all this adversity. You've got wide open wide receivers that just re- straight up refuse to, ju- to catch the ball. I don't know what's going on with that. That's just concentration and, and preparation. I mean, you shouldn't be a D1 wide receiver if you can't catch a wide open pass. I agree. And the, and the thing of it is, is all these things happen and nothing, there's no repercussions. No. Stoops never pulls anybody off the field. He doesn't put the backup in. He did like, like I said, I can understand making mistakes, but once it's become a a problem, a habit, a recurring thing, then you have to start discipline. You have to start saying, hey, the next guy is going to get a chance because you're obviously not up to par right now. And so I'll end with this. Liam Cohen, you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of expectations with him coming back. I do think that he is a good play caller. I do. I like some of a lot of what he does as a play caller. It's just, again, it's hard to get a rhythm as a play caller whenever you've got first and 15, second and 20, third and 12. You know, what do you, that you're, you're kind of tied. You're, you're cut, your hands are tied there as a play caller because you have to call something that's going to gain enough yards to perhaps get a first down. Anyway, that, I digress. I'm off my soapbox. That's all I have to say about Kentucky. It seems to be We're a basketball school. <laughs> Back home to basketball school. I We're pray, a basketball school. I pray that you guys have a good basketball season so that this gets drowned out like good Kentucky bourbon. Seems to be the same conversation over and over again for Kentucky after a loss. It's like there's yeah, a lack of accountability from your coaching staff not having it on these guys. Yes. And it's one thing to to be a player's coach. It's another thing to let to just let your your program run wild, you know. And at the end of the day, this all falls back on Stoops. No matter what happens, he's the head coach. He's the head honcho, so he has to take responsibility. I agree, one hundred thousand percent comes back to the coach. It would be no different if it was Ohio State. It would always come back to the. Yeah, it doesn't matter what program it comes back to. The coach is like Dion blowing. I mean, they blew that lead. It comes back to Dion. Yeah, speaking of speaking meltdowns. Of meltdowns, yes. Oh, what the so, fuck, bro? We all go to bed Friday night. Colorado's up 29 zip at halftime against Stanford. 
Like I said, we all go to bed. We wake up the next morning. Somehow, some way, Stanford has come back from 29 down to win in overtime. What happened in the second half? Like, it's literally, well, that's one of the craziest, like, things because everybody turned that game off. Yep. You know, everybody did. And then it's a West Coast game, so it's already late on the East Coast by the time that game even started. And so everybody, because uh, I want to know how many people lost money on that. Oh, I guarantee you. That's got to like, be one of the worst beats. That's probably pretty good. Because Stanford's 1-4 and four coming to that game. Colorado's 4-2. and two. You're looking at halftime, 29 nothing, And then they come out and they only get seven points. And that comes, what, late in the fourth quarter? It's like 11 minutes left. Travis Hunter catches the ball. They're up. 36-26, and then after that, they're not scoring again. It comes down to at zero. Zero's on the clock, 46-yard field goal. Goes up. Stanford ties the game in overtime. It just wasn't enough. I mean, fucking Shadur, late interception. And Shadur, Shadur, you know, he what did he go for, like 400 yards? 405 TDs and a pick. I mean, that's that's – Great numbers, but how do you blow a 29-point lead? And like we were talking about, this all falls back on Dion. Yeah. I mean, this is a game that any coach could should win. Yeah. Any coach should win this. And I I just don't understand how you leave Travis Hunter in there whenever you know, he A, he's gassed, and B, they're picking on him. The Alec Ayo Manor kid went for 300 yards and – on 13 receptions and how many touchdowns? Oh, my God. It was, I think it was three. He was roasting was, him, though. I mean, he, All in the second half. Yeah. All in the second he half. He fucking mossed the fuck out of him, too, to end up fucking bringing it in. Like, wow. The the game winner or the game overtime tire mossed his ass, carried him into the end zone. It was it was actually insane. It was. It was all over Sports Center the next day. Yeah. So, I don't know – what to make of this? I mean, obviously we uh, people are rooting for Dion, but man, how do you how do you how does that happen? And I understand that, you know, they are even if the if they only win what four games, yep. that's still a huge turnaround from last year. Yep. So you kind of have to look at it from that lens, but also we expect more out of that type of, you know. That program has so much hype around it, and you see Shadur with the with the watch and all the all these commercials and the NIL deals, and so yeah, to to whom much is given, much is expected, and that was a huge meltdown. I don't know where you know. Obviously, they still have games left, but you have to be better than that. You know, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It was just nuts. Speaking of meltdowns, another meltdown from a West Coast team that ended up in a college student in the face of Heisman-winning quarterback, Caleb Williams. USC falls flat on his face. Caleb Williams throws three picks, and Notre Dame saves probably Freeman's season by putting up 48 points. And we talked about this last week. The worst defense in college football in USC. USC only puts up 20. Does this help the case? I'm 
let's talk about this game first, and then I'm going to ask that question because I want to know if it helps kids. But, I mean, like we said, USC fucking defense got exposed. It finally happened, and who would have thought it would be Notre Dame? We called it a, it was going to be a bloodbath. I know we we had this we had this game totally wrong because we both thought that USC was going to come out dominate. You know, Notre Dame was down after a big letdown loss, so. You know, that's good for Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been in the headlines a lot this year, and deservedly so. You know, if you look at their schedule, they've got one of the hardest, toughest schedules in the nation. And so I'm happy for Notre Dame, happy for Notre Dame fans. You know, that was a big, huge game. They got snapped a, a losing streak yeah. in that rival, rivalry. Yeah. can't remember. That was like 12-game streak so, or yeah. something. Something tough, like that. Tough streak. It was good. This is like a, a staple win for Notre big Dame. Win. Yeah, yeah, big win for Notre Dame. Uh, as far as USC goes, like it, Lincoln Riley just doesn't give a fuck about. He does defense. not. He doesn't give two shits. He, he will never get another. Or he will never get. I, like I don't know if he has aspirations to go to the NFL, but he will never get an NFL job. Whenever your defense is that piss poor, yeah. it's one thing if you just simply don't have the players or the talent on that side of the ball. But he's got – I can't remember how many five-star and four-star athletes on that defense. It's like so it's not like you don't have talent. It's just – they're just not coached. Yeah. It's just like you focus so much on offense that you just throw your defense out there and just say, get in the way. Like you don't even care if they tackle. Yeah. I mean, man – it's just week in and week out, and it doesn't get any better. So, like, at a certain point, when did the boosters for USC step in and say, hey, look, you know, you're going to have to start playing defense? It's got to be coming, like, maybe not this year in full, but because Caleb Williams can kind of take some of that away. But it's when yeah. Caleb leaves and it's like <laughs> you don't have the generational quarterback leading the way and saving most games for you, it's going to get ugly pretty quickly. And it's going to come to a point where either Leaky Riley gets fired or he changes for better or for worse. Well, if you think about it, he's always had an elite quarterback. Going even back to Oklahoma. Was he, it's what it started with. Did he start with Baker? Uh, Baker, Kyler, Kyler Jalen Hurts. Jalen. Uh, and then Rattler was there Rattler, for a little bit. But – but but Williams ended up winning that starting yep. job at Oklahoma. Yep. So I mean he's had guys, and then so. he's had NFL level talent at every you know at both Oklahoma and USC. So and and Caleb Williams is obviously you know one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in you know twenty yeah. years. <laughs> so. USC's got a tough schedule coming yes, up. Very tough they schedule. They could really fall. They've got who do they? They've got. Uh, they have Utah next week, which is the 14th ranked team. That's a tough. That that that's who knocked them off last yep. year in the Pac-12 championship. They've got Cal, Washington, who's five or six and zero, oh, fifth in the country. Which we're about to talk about that game. They've got Oregon right after that, and then UCLA right after that. So like their last. Five games. There's four top twenty-five teams, and three of them are top fifteen. Yeah, that's that's an insane schedule. They're gonna have to win out to even sniff an opportunity for for um, the playoff. And it's what were you gonna ask? Does this Notre Dame win? 
strengthen the Ohio State win. Yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it makes it look yes, better. It has to. It makes it look better. The top 10, the top 10, vic, you know, victory. Yeah. For Notre Dame. Makes us, like, look tougher. Yeah, it's a good thing. It makes your strength of schedule definitely look yeah. a lot better at the end of the season. And if we're speaking about Ohio State, Ohio State beat Purdue. Easy money. It's kind of like the fucking Vanderbilt, like you said last week. 41-7. Big 10 football. I mean, also looking at probably the most, like we said, and I hate to say this, Michigan is probably the most complete team in college football. Like they have everything that you want in a football team, and they definitely scare me. But I want to say this. The Big Ten is like, Okay, the three-headed monster that is the Big Ten right now, Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue – or not Purdue. Ohio State, Michigan, <laughs> and Penn State. I mean, that's three fucking scary teams right there, and we got Penn State and Michigan. And they're all in the same division. I know. It's going to be – it's going to be – It's so lopsided. Yeah. And there's definitely a chance to where, you know, one beats one. Or, like, say Ohio State beats Penn State and Penn State beat Michigan and then Michigan beats Ohio State. Like, we could have a three-way tie for first place. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, Joe Klatt was talking about this on his show. Um, I think he said the tiebreaker is your non-divisional conference opponent record. So, no, I I can't – is it East and West? Yeah. Like, it is – so like their Western division or their Western conference games, it would go by the record of the teams that they okay. played. See, I haven't even looked into all that. I'm gonna have to start looking. I'm not so, gonna look into it unless yeah, we I lose. Mean, it gets it gets complicated, yeah. you know. I'm not gonna look into that unless we lose the game, and then I start looking for ways to fucking find a way in. But nonetheless, Big Ten football they dominated this weekend. A 63 nothing win for Penn State. A 52 seven win for Michigan. A 41 seven win. I will say on Michigan. I will say on Michigan. They haven't played anybody they, though. They haven't been they challenged. Have not. Their schedule has been weak. So we really don't know. You know, we don't know what they're really made of yet. Yeah, they, and it's seven games in. Like that's what kind of blows my mind is they're number two, but they haven't played anybody. Their remaining schedule is Michigan State, who's two and four, Purdue, who's two and five, and then they've got last three weeks of the year: Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. So their last three games. Still, yeah. no, they haven't. I mean, they played Eastern Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, single. Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Indiana. Not a team. I mean, the most points they've given up all year is ten points to Minnesota. They haven't played nobody, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna just, give them the crown yet. They still got to beat Penn State and play us, so it's gonna be a tough route. Let's progress to the game of the week. The game that was electric down to the wire. Heisman stealing quarterback. Michael Penix Jr. puts on a fucking show, goes out. Wins this ball game, 302 yards in the air, fucking knocks off rival Oregon, 33-36 in thriller fucking fashion. Last, I mean, a minute and 38 seconds left, throws a touchdown pass, defense holds out. I mean, it was a good fucking game. I mean, even Bo Nix had a great game. It was just a good, like, electric game. Yeah, it was what you 
what you want to see in a good college football game. It's crazy. It's like every week we've had a stunner of a of yeah. a game. And this week it was Oregon and Washington. Next week it'll probably be Ohio State and Penn Man, State. That's gonna be scary. So we are so spoiled as college football fans this year. I feel like uh, maybe it's just because I'm playing a little, paying a little bit closer attention. But it seems like every week there's a game that just pops off, and you know if you're if you're not tuned in, then you'll miss it. That's what the kind of the difference between NFL and college is. You have to pay a little bit more attention because there's so many more games, and there's so many more teams. So. You know, uh, that's what I like about college football is you have to be invested in this. You can't just have like a peripheral view of it and and be knowledgeable. Like you have to look, you have to actually watch some of these teams play. I enjoyed watching Oregon and, and Washington. I mean, that is two high level football programs. They were going at it, dude. It was a good fucking game. And there's NFL players all over that yeah. field on both sides. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Washington. They finally get that, that huge win that they've been seeking all season. And, you know, it could have gone either way, but I feel like down the stretch, uh, Oregon had a chance to punt the ball fourth and three on, I want to say, Washington's 40-something yard line. And uh, instead of punting the ball, they – they chose to go for it and didn't get it. That led to the Washington touchdown. So I know these coaches, new age coaches, they want to go with the analytics. But, I mean, I think anybody with a rational football mind thinks fourth and three, you've got the lead. Your your defense just came off of a goal line stand. Like, punt the ball deep, pin them deep, and play defense. Trust your defense. But in this new age of analytics, you know, then all the numbers say we have to go for it here. <laughs> I just, you know, because sometimes you have to trust your instincts. You have to trust your gut, and you can't just look at an algorithm and say, oh, yes, we have to go for it here. It kind of takes the human element yeah. out of it I think it, for me. And I like Dan yeah. Lanning. I think Dan Lanning's a good coach. I think it was a good moment for Lanning to kind of get some le- a learning experience because, I mean, he's not the biggest name in college football. He had his – Finally got some media shine because of the things with the Colorado game and this kind of give him a moment to get humbled, learn. I think Oregon will be better for it because Oregon is a good fucking team. Washington has the better quarterback. Penix is a high – I mean, he did steal the Heisman front runner position after this week and the way Caleb Williams played. Like, it's it's his to lose from here on out. If they walk away yeah, – if I they agree. walk away with – and even if they lose one game, say it's the – the championship game at the end, the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, like he is the Heisman winner because Washington being in the college football playoff. I mean, that's that's real parody. You know what I'm saying? That is a team that you don't know, haven't heard of, you don't watch. I think it would be fun. I, I would like to see him. It, it would be cool to yeah. see. It would be definitely cool to see Washington in the in the college football playoff. Uh, the rest of their schedule, they have Arizona. Uh, Stanford, at Stanford, at USC, at home for Utah, at Oregon State, and they finish off at home versus Washington State. So they have a pretty pretty tough rest of the schedule. I mean, they played three teams in the top 20. Washington State was ranked in the top 20. Stanford coming off a big win against Colorado. You know, Arizona State, that's probably their easiest team, their easiest team left on the schedule so far. 
So they and as far as Oregon goes, I mean they're they're still they are still in the conversation for sure. They have to win out though. There's a lot of football that is left to be played. I mean, there were some big wins over this just over this last week. North Carolina's Drake May, he's somebody to watch out for. Oregon State still finds a way to win. Uh, DJU puts on a show. Duke still fucking winning ball games. But week eight, there's a lot of fucking good matchups in week eight. I mean, yes, sir. I've I've jotted a few of them down. I was here. gonna say, yeah, go ahead and list them off. See, I've wrote number seven. Obviously, number seven, Penn State goes to number three, Ohio State. Probably the biggest game with the biggest playoff implications. Number seven versus number three. That's bound to be a inter or interdivisional showdown. Uh, I expect. I expect Ohio State to pull this one out. Penn State's still kind of young, and they don't have the experience. I feel like that Ohio State has a they have the better skill position players. Uh, I, I haven't seen Penn State play. I've seen Ohio State play. I watched them play Notre Dame. I watched them a little bit in the Maryland game. So I just don't. I don't have a real read on Penn State because I haven't watched them. So, but I think Ohio State should be should pull this one out. I fucking hope so, bro. I'm so I'm. I don't so know nervous. what your thoughts on it are. Um, it's a uh, Ohio State's favored four and a half points. It's at Columbus, so I think it's make or break for Franklin. If they don't like, if they go zero and two against Ohio State and Michigan this year, James Franklin has to go. So. With that pressure on, see, I don't think so. Oh, dude, I disagree. They paid him all that money to lose the biggest games every single year. Okay, yes, he is. He does have a atrocious record against uh, top ten opponents or top twenty five opponents. But to be fair, Penn State has always been the 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 lesser ranked team in those matchups, and also. I feel like you're looking at it through the lens of an Ohio State fan. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, if you if you coach Ohio State and you go 0-9 against top 25 teams, yes, your ass will be canned quicker than shit. But Penn State's been through a lot with the whole, you know, Joe Pa and the Sandusky scandal and all that. So they've been rebuilding ever since all that shit went down. Now they're finally a top 10 team, and you're just going to pull – all the momentum out, out from under uh, uh, who is actually a really good coach. He just, for some reason, can't win the big one. And I, maybe that's maybe uh, that's the way people outside of Kentucky view Stoops. And maybe I'm just too close to the situation to kind of pull back and and see the bigger picture. But I don't. I think Franklin is a good coach. I would love to have him at Kentucky. I think that's the the best way to look at it. I look at it as a divisional rival and how we, as Ohio State fans, spoiled fans, look at coaches. And, I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but it does. there's definitely going to be some gas regardless of what anybody says under that fire. Yes. Know? I mean, there there will be – his seat will be yeah. warm, if not yeah. hot. I agree. You have to perform in those big situations. It's all going to come down to – the whoever has the least amount of turnovers wins that game. So if Kyle McCord goes out there, plays a clean game, we win. If he goes out there and throws or throws those balls like he did at the end of the game against Notre Dame, Penn State's probably picking those off. 
and it's it's gonna be bad for us. I mean, I mean, maybe, but you talk like that about Kyle McCord, but you look at his stats; he's sixteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, one interception over six games. I think that's pretty damn good. I'm slandering <laughs> the motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> I want my elite start. All right, Kyle. I'm, I'm if I say that I believe, give the man some credit. They were winning with me doing what I'm doing. Okay. I understand. I, Keep I, ragging I, on him, man. The moment, the moment you actually that's give what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'm just going to be like, all right, three finally, Kyle McCord, you're so good. And the next game, dog shit. I'm afraid of that. So I'm yeah. going to keep going as a true fan would and just be like, you okay. suck, motherfucker. Go out there and suck some more. Keep sucking uh, and proving me wrong. I, under, I understand the logic behind it. That's I get exactly it. how I view it. All right. Ohio State's got to shine. I gotta. I can't like focus on it too much. I just gotta like live and be present when it happens. What else? We All got right. another exactly. good one. We got number seventeen. Number seventeen, Tennessee goes to Tuscaloosa to play number eleven in Alabama. Big SEC matchup could have playoff ramifications. Yeah. Uh, Bama's on a roll though. I know they've had a string of close games, but is that? Like what I wrote down here, I said, is this the new look for Bama going forward? Maybe they're done like blowing teams out every week, and maybe they're done being going running the table every year. Maybe this is how they have to win. They have to play ugly, hold a hold a lead, and hope that the other team doesn't surge back. Because I mean, Arkansas came back. They were down twenty twenty one six and came back and only lost twenty four twenty one. So. Bama does hold on. Tennessee had a big win at Texas A&M. Or not at Texas A&M, but against Texas A&M. They were a top 10 te- you know, team in the beginning of the season. So with a win over Bama, that could put them back in the yeah. top 10, or at least close to it. I think I think it would be great for both. Whoever wins this game is probably making a jump into the top 10. It's going yeah, oh. to be a good argument for either one. But I don't see Tennessee winning this game. I think Alabama's probably going to be too much of a force for them. Yeah, it's it's at it's at Alabama. Yeah, that's so. that's too much. I'm, I'm I, I see Alabama coming out with this one. That'll be yeah, tough. Be tough one. Um, then we got number sixteen Duke going down to number four Florida State. It's another conference matchup. It's a pretty big matchup for both programs. Yeah. If FSU wants to uh, stay in that top five spot, they're going to have to. Play well against Duke. Duke is a good team, yeah. great team. I like the coach, Steve yeah. Elko. You know, I think I think it'll be a solid, a pretty solid matchup. Then the last game I have here is number fourteen. Utah goes to number eighteen. USC. So this will be a big game for USC. They have to win this game to stay in the playoff contention. And. Utah's a scrappy, scrappy team that beat them last year. Like I said, knocked them off last year, ended their playoff hopes in the conference championship, and it wasn't even close. So, I, I, I like Jordan Travis for Florida State. I just don't know. I still have question marks for Florida State, but they find ways to win these hard games. So I'm, I'm hoping for the return of Florida State. They win this game. They make a statement because. Duke is a good team. They've got good players, but we'll see. It'll be it'll be, definitely be a good one to watch. ABC seven thirty. I think I think I'll definitely tune in to watch that game. Should be fun. 
All right, now we talk about big boy stuff, oh, big boy. boy football. NFL Week 6 Pick'ems. Let's go over, review, discuss. Oh, all right. Mr. Cody Murphy, you had the best week of your life, apparently. You went 12-3 and three with your picks. I went 9-6. and six. This brings our totals for the first time this season. Mr. Cody Murphy has taken the crown off my head and ran with it. He is at 59-33 and 33 on the year. I am at 58-34. and 34. I have to do better. I have been slacking. I am the loser right now. Murph is sitting in his throne, and I have to stab him in the foot and push him down and watch him bleed. I will catch you. You are not running very far from me. I missed missed big on the Eagles and Jets. I missed on the Jaguars. I missed on the Texans. And those are our separator games. We both missed on the Commanders, the Vikings, and the Browns, which it was a hard week if you were 5-0. and It was a tough week being 5-0. and We both saw the 49ers and Eagles go down, which we'll get to. We'll just have to run down the slate. But Murph, hell of a week, man. 12-3, and you would have made some people some money if they're listening, doing the bets alongside you. Now, bets of the week, I didn't do so good. Mine hit. I know you did. I did not. Both mine I hit. I did not. I fucking... I didn't. I wasn't sure though. Miami, they're kind of making me nervous there at the beginning. You know, Carolina jumped out to a fourteen zero lead early in the first quarter, but then I don't know. I guess Miami just said, "Hey, we'll spot you fourteen points," and then continued proceeded to score like thirty five or forty two points unanswered. It was a great week for you betting. I think all your betting podcasts have been teaching you and enlightening you into better ways. Now, I took the 49ers, and I felt good about it. My thing was, I thought not having Deshaun was going to be a huge limiter, and it wasn't. So, good on the fucking Browns. Good on the fucking Jets. Congratulations. It's a bad week to be 5-0. and The NFL is rigged and scripted. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever. Let's run down some games. <laughs> Thursday night. Broncos, Chiefs, we both had the Chiefs, but we were very bold on the take that this would be the end of Russell Wilson, but it seems to be the fucking Chiefs find a way to barely win these goddamn games. Yes, Russell Wilson did stink through 95 fucking yards, but what I feel like the bigger issue here is the Chiefs just, I mean, in the last whatever many games, they've won by one, two, three, last three games, one-score games. I mean, they're just not blowing teams out at all like they usually do. I don't know what they're missing, but it seems they're just not cooking. They're missing their go-to receiver. They don't have a really trusted wide receiver one. Uh, they, they kind of do it the way that a lot of teams treat running backs. It seems like it's a wide receiver by committee. I mean, they have – you know, eight, seven, eight guys that catch passes throughout a game. Really, Kelsey's the only constant. I think Rasheed Rice, I think he's kind of making an emergence, making a case for that wide receiver one. You know, I know he's only a rookie, but it seems like him and Patrick Mahomes have a little bit of chemistry. Uh, I mean, Kadarius Tony, you can't trust yeah. him. 
Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I mean, can't, can't really trust him. You know, you got that Justin Watson kid. I say kid, he's like 27. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, can't, can't, I mean, he's made some big catches here and there, but is he Patrick Mahomes' go-to guy? So that's what really what they're missing is that one receiver that, like that Tyreek Hill that they know, hey, if I get in trouble and Kelsey's not open, I can always look for my my main guy. I've seen that they traded for so, uh, Miko Hardman today. Yeah, Miko. Yeah, Miko played for last yeah, year. Yeah, no, he's on his so way back. So he must be begging for somebody that knows how to run their system. Right, and I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you're always in the game. There's no and. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to blow everybody out to be a great football yeah. team. You just got to win tough games. I think. And Taylor second. Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Was there. <laughs> I'm so tired of the whole Taylor Swift thing. Unless she gives us fucking real grass, I don't want to hear nothing else about the son of a bitch or whatever they're scheming up. Why don't, why, okay, let's just, at this point, just have Taylor Swift fucking do the Super Bowl. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I don't understand. It's going to be this much. No, like, not? You got, do people, if the, NFL, if the NFL is smart, they say, Taylor, look, we're on a hot streak, us, like we're a couple right now. You know what would make us the sexiest couple for the, the rest of the year is if you showed up at our Super Bowl and you sang your ass off and you gave everybody that paid his ticket, not only does this increase the tickets price, of the Super Bowl. Not only does this turn this thing into a must-view event that it already is, you bring in all your crowd, you you turn this into the greatest sporting event of all time. This is an heiress tour at the Super Bowl. I mean, if the NFL is smart, they should be concocting this. They should be sucking a tit off Taylor Swift's fucking chest saying, we will do this for you forever if you fucking do this for us. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Sorry. That was I mean, <laughs> there's an argument to be made there. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck him. All right. I'm over Taylor Swift. I want to fucking burn that bridge and get it on over with. I don't know why it frustrates me so much. I think it's because it's like takes away from the game. Maybe like I don't want to watch Taylor Swift in the press box hugging on Donna Kelsey and fucking the bitch from or whatever fucking what's her name is the Brittany Mahomes. I don't, I don't care. Show me Travis Kelsey, making sure he's alive. I want to see if he rolled his ankle. I mean, my fantasy team is playing against him. I got to know if he's dead or not. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, whatever. Bengals Seahawks. We both had the Bengals smart men. We said Burrow would make it right. He did. Gino had a chance to win that game. The defense showed up. I think the Bengals have righted the ship, per se. They're figuring things out. They're still not, like, close to the Bengals that we've known the last couple years. But they are a team that, like, right now you do not want to play, I think. I mean, we've seen it year in and year out. It seems like uh, the Bengals always take their time getting warmed up. And once they get humming, they're very dangerous. They're buzzsaw. Uh, you know, I mean, Burrow looked good in the first half, kind of fell off in the second half. Luckily, the Bengals have a very good front seven. I think that's Bengals defense has kind of flown under the radar because they've kind of been overshadowed by all these other 
you know, all time great defenses with the, the Niners and the, and, um, obviously the Eagles. And then you have, uh, the Browns as well. So I think they kind of get fly under the radar as far as these elite defenses go, but they have a very good defense. So. Yeah, I think that's a team that you don't want to play. Also, I think the Seahawks are a solid team that you don't want to play either. I think that was a very good matchup. Uh, there's not a lot of shine on Seahawks just because they don't have a lot of glitz and glamour. You know, they don't have a lot of flash. They're more of just a slow and steady week-by-week team. And I think that falls back to Pete Carroll and just his his coaching. I think so too. It's kind of an emotional roller coaster with him. He's very ample. He's very hype. I think the Seahawks make a stretch. They're definitely going to be a team there at the end. Um, I also don't think the best of them has yet to be seen. Oh, let's just talk about this one and get it over with, because it is on my fucking list right here. Eagles, Jets. You had the Jets, and you're better the week. Eagles, fucking. The thing was, watching that game, is we had every opportunity to win that game. And I will give it to the Jets. They have played a gauntlet of quarterbacks. And they have made a mockery of every quarterback that they have played. Aside from, what, Dak? Which is sad to say. And Dak didn't even do the winning. Yeah, I think this Jets defense is... I know I was listing off elite defenses earlier, but they're definitely in that conversation, top five defense. I think it's legit. Um, it's the engine of their team. Obviously, you know, you lose Rodgers in the first game of the season. I think it would have been any, but anyone's, any Jet fans dream to be three and three right now. Uh, you know, I kind of called my shot last week. I said, I think this is one that the Jets can win just because it was, uh, not only was it a home game, it's hard for uh, teams to come into MetLife. It's a hostile environment. But also just the way the Jets have been trending the last couple of weeks, they gave uh, Kansas City all they wanted, um, beat Denver, started gaining some momentum, and now you beat the 5-0 and Eagles. You have all the momentum in your favor at this point. Uh, Zach Wilson has finally got his legs underneath him. Seems like his confidence is up. He uh, finally has found some connections with – other members of the offense, Brees Hall is looking really good. I think Robert Sala is a very good defensive coach. He's, you know, probably the best defensive coach in the yeah. league right now. One of them got to be in the mentions. So, I mean, hey, like I said, it, it sucks for the Eagles, but I think they they have to figure some things out, but they will be yeah. okay. That's another team. I think I don't think they drop more than three games this yeah. year. I think 13 – or fourteen and three, you know that's a great record. I'll I'll definitely take it. It's one of them things where it's like you can't win them all. I said let's get it, let's get this win out of the way early and make it to where you know we learn we have something to learn from. Uh, it's better to lose earlier in the season because it takes the pressure of being undefeated yeah. off of you. I I completely so. agree. It's definitely something for us to look. But my thing is with the Eagles, dude. We have a fucking gauntlet coming up and it's going to be a tough one we have dolphins next week back to the commanders who gave us trouble cowboys chiefs bills niners cowboys seahawks like that's a fucking stretch bro yeah that's a that's a brutal it is uh 
It's going to be tough. Man. If we come out of this positively, what? like there's no reason that we don't make a run because we've played good football. If everybody's healthy on the backside, I of still this. think I still think that Philly is the best team in that division. I know the Cowboys have kind of gained some more momentum after that Monday night win, but they didn't look yeah. great. So I think the Eagles have a few things to figure out offensively. Obviously, Jalen Hurts cannot throw three interceptions, but they're not going to face the Jets' defense every week. So I agree. Uh, it's a it's a tough one. The Jets' defense gets around. They fly around. The Jets are in prime position. And, I mean, one of the things that we could definitely, you know, just note on really quick because I know we're trying to condense this, but – Fucking Aaron Rodgers, dude. He's looking like he's going to be out there before we even know it. And if they're in position, he'll give them that little hump at the end of the season. I think it's something. I mean, I think it's wishful thinking. I think it's wishful thinking to think that he's going to be back by the end of the year. I think it's more realistic that he comes back next year. You know, after he's had a whole full offseason to rehab and a full season and offseason to rehab and get back in shape and whatnot. Um, I think that, you know, he's just trying to keep the vibe yeah. up. He's trying to keep the energy up in the facility because he is the heart and soul of that team. Even though he's not playing, you know, there's so much riding on that on that contract. And there's and he's given up so much money to, to be with this team, and they've made so many moves specifically for him. So it is imperative that he does have a presence there in the building at least, even though he's not playing and, like, I think it. I think it would be kind of foolish for him to push that recovery to try to be back. Because what happens if he goes out there and does it again? Just tears it again. You know, you're right back at square one when you could have had a full season, off season to rehab and be ready for the next year. That's just my opinion on it, though. I mean, obviously he's going to do whatever he wants. He's freaking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I and mean, I think we'll see as time goes on. He's doing his hippie medicine, but that's neither here nor there. We've got. The Ravens beating the Titans, and we both had the Ravens. I think just this is the end of Tannehill. They saw what Malik Willis can do. I think this is finally the chance where moving forward, it's time to see what you got in Will Levis. The Titans are done. The Ravens are going to win ugly games, it looks like. So maybe that's something for the Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens the Ravens do win ugly, Dude, don't they? Every, Six least. field goals. Six field goals. Didn't even get in the end zone. Two field goals in the first, four in the second, and two in the fourth. I wish I had Justin Tucker on my fucking fantasy team. <laughs> I did have Justin Tucker in one of my leagues. He had like 18 points. Nuts. I needed like 15 to win, and it just made me sick. But that's what the Ravens do, it looks like. So, I mean, unless told otherwise, like you got you to gotta kind of take the Ravens and just take them with a grain of salt because this is how they win, it seems. Yeah, they're not going to blow anybody out, but they're very – very competitive bunch, offensively, defensively. Special teams are gonna gonna be a run for your money, no matter what your record is. And Titans, yeah, I think Tannehill's done. Like you might as well see what you got in Levis. Like you said, you know what you have in Malik Willis. So why not give the rookie a yeah. chance? What do you have to lose? You're two and four. You're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on it, and I'll, I'll save some of my thoughts for the picks. But Commanders at Falcons, we both did a switch, and I switched up on the Falcons. You took the Falcons off rip. Commanders pretty much 
dominated this game, and I think it mostly comes down to Ritter just being dog poop, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Falcons would be probably 5-1, and 4-2. They had a better quarterback. Uh, I don't know what you do if you're Ar- Arthur Smith. Like, you can't put your team in a better position. The quarterback just blows it. Blows it. All of our losses, it's because because of Ritter, and I hate to pin it on one player, but that's it. Our defense has played great this year. Our defense has played great this year. Our run game is there. Our skill position guys are there. Our offensive line is – they're not the best, but they're better than they have been. Yeah. In the last – you know, since Matt Ryan. So – Man, it's just so frustrating to watch it week in and week out. Last week against the Texans, he looked great. The week before that in London against Jacksonville, he looked terrible. The week before that, he looked okay. And so it's like he's so inconsistent up and down. And I understand he is a only a second-year player. And you wanted to give him his due diligence. You wanted to do, give him his chance, his opportunity, a fair shake. But it, what just for the rest of the team, it's got to be so disheartening to play your ass off. You know, Drake London, nine receptions, 125 yards. Tyler Algier, 13 carries, 51 yards. You know, Bijan had some good plays. Kyle Pitts found the end zone. Your defense is playing, you know, I'm not going to say lights out, but the, they are a lot better than they were with Dan Quinn. And so it all falls back to the quarterback. I mean, you might as well see what you got in Heineke. I don't know. I, I'm calling for Heineke, but I, I, I think, I think I've seen enough of Ritter. Heineke's turn to get some reps out there. I just don't know if they're willing to make that leap. If you know what I'm saying, it's 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 hard. But what do you have to lose? I mean, we're three and three going into Tampa next week. Divisional game. I just don't. I don't know. I wish I knew what Arthur Smith was thinking because, I mean, I like Arthur yeah. Smith. I think he's a good coach. Commanders, I mean, damn, man. You couldn't just let us win this week. <laughs> I mean, they're probably fired yeah. up, though, after getting their tails stomped by by Chicago. They definitely needed that win. So, good for Hal. He threw three touchdown passes. He had he got me like 27 points in, in uh, fantasy. You had Hal? I didn't know that. Not on, not in the cozy yeah. league, but in a Which, different league. I think at the halfway mark, we'll do like a complete update on the cozy and Murph fantasy league. I think that'd be good for us, but we'll get there when that time comes. Good for the Commanders. The NFC East is, you know, still a good division. There's a lot of good teams. The Giants put up a good fight. We'll get there. We have the Colts at the Jaguars, and I took the Colts. I thought Anthony Richardson was gonna be. On his shit, he wasn't. It seems he's out. Or I thought Gardner Minshew was going to be a shit. He wasn't. We got news that Anthony Richardson is done for the season. You had the Jags. You said it from the get. Like, they got their shit together. They're back on track. Jaguars are fucking full steam ahead now, dude. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence ends up going out of that game with an injury. So, he's questionable this Thursday. Yeah. I think that's going to – I mean, obviously, that's going to have a big impact on the team moving forward, you know, his health. Uh, But I think their defense looked good. I think Josh Allen 
You know, I know we say I said his name last week. I, I, he's a Kentucky yeah, boy. I I, he's always I, I've got a close connection with him. You know, I was rooting for him in college. So I like what I'm seeing from the Jaguars. They just have to keep it up, yeah. keep riding this momentum. The Colts, man, sucks for Anthony Richardson, but it's not like we didn't see this coming. Yeah, because it's it's one of them things where you're you don't. You really don't know. I don't know. Like, is is this for good? Is this is this going to be something that I, I don't know? Like, I don't know how to explain. Like, is he going to ever come back from this and be himself again? Or because a shoulder injury is something that you don't want to mess around with. Yeah, well, especially in your throwing shoulder. Yeah, and I don't know how this how this gets better for him. Uh, I think he just got to be careful with yeah, his rehab. I, I I I worry about what's to come from this, and the out the the backside of this is what scares me the most. I just I like what Anthony we saw of Anthony Richardson. We knew he was young. We knew he was going to be one of them daring quarterbacks, but. For the time being, just let Gardner Minshew play. Let him kind of take his time and get healthy, and don't put him back on that field until he's a hundred percent. He's learned how to like take a hit, stay down, do the two a treatment, put him in fucking Muay Thai, and learn how to fucking fall down. Like if that's what you got to do, maybe that's for the better. Absolutely. Sorry, rambling. All right. We have Panthers at Dolphins. Panthers, you texted me. You said Panthers eye emoji, and it was very short-lived because the Dolphins are an unstoppable force unless they're fucking playing the Bills. The Panthers looked great. Bryce Young looked great early on, and then it was inevitable, the downfall of Bryce Young. I felt really bad for him. But this seems to be the trend. They're probably the worst team in football. Realistically, they have yet to win a game yet. Uh, Dolphins keep rolling. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to watch the Dolphins play because, like I said, uh, that was my lock of the yeah. week was uh, Miami thirteen and a half um, over over uh, the Panthers, and I think the over under was like fifty eight, fifty five, or fifty eight, yeah. or something like that. And so the Panthers jumped out. Like I said, early 14 nothing kind of made me nervous. But then Miami explodes for 21 points in the second quarter, proceeds to score 21 in the second half. So, I mean, they're just a juggernaut. And I think I said it last week, though, their, their one weakness is their defense. They don't have a really good defense. So they have to score a lot of points. And against these better teams – you know you're gonna. It's gonna have to be a shootout, and if your offense can't can't cut it that week, then it's gonna be tough for your defense to keep you in the game. I like the idea though. If the Panthers do well, they don't have their first round pick now. I think about it, but the Panthers do fall. Like they need to chase playmakers and some protection for Bryce Young because Bryce Young is a good quarterback. I mean, we've seen it in flashes. We've seen that he can do it. We've seen it in college. I mean, Alabama is essentially a pro team, so we know he can do it, and especially. At a, at a high level 
So I hope that they kind of go ahead and figure it out. The Dolphins are just going to be the Dolphins. We'll see them at the end. It's going to be a boat race for them at the end. All right, we have Vikings, Bears. Justin Fields sucks it up and then finds his way back to the locker room. I'm very, very mad at Justin Fields because he was my fantasy quarterback. And now he is going to be out for a while. He gave me four points, cost me the chance to finally be above 500 in my big money league. I'm very upset about it, but Vikings find a way. They're not going to trade Kirk Cousins now. Fuck them. Yeah, it's ugly for both these teams. Uh, Minnesota kind of gets helped out by the backup quarterback, Tyson. What's his name? Tyson Badgett. Badgett. Bagnet. Benjamin or something like that. Uh, kind of get bailed out there at the end with a bad, terrible fumble and a bad interception. Uh, not really much to say about either of these uh, two teams. They're just gonna, gonna they're gonna have good draft picks. It's gonna be good draft picks. Hopefully the Bears take Caleb Williams. They trade fucking Justin Fields to the Falcons, and that all works out. I hope that's kind of the entire case for that whole scenario. Vikings, they're going to get rid of Kirk Cousins. He's going to end up being a fucking $300 million quarterback for somebody else. I guarantee it, and it's going to be ugly. All right, 49ers at Cleveland Browns. An upset of all upsets came down to the wire, and the 49ers kicker wide right. The 49ers finally go down, and they did it against a Deshaun watson list Browns. Yeah, I had uh, I put money on the Browns to cover. I think it was like nine and a half. That's a lot of points. And I know San Francisco's best team in the league. But, you know, traveling from West Coast to East Coast, just coming off a highly emotional primetime win against a conference rival, Browns defense, I feel like is overshadowed by how bad the offense is. So the Browns have a an historically good defense. I think they have the number one rated defense right now in the league. Um, they just don't get talked about a lot because of the whole Deshaun Watson situation. You know, is he going to play? What's going on? Yada yada yada. So, you know, I I figured it would be a pretty close game just because of all the all those different factors, and you know, it turned out to be a really good one. Like PJ Walker did just enough to not lose yeah. the game at the end, you know, 192 yards, two interceptions. Uh, that that running back Jerome Ford for Cleveland, I think he's going to be he's going to yeah, be a stud. I think I he's think. a good little quarterback. 17 carries, 84 yards. Yeah. I mean, he's a tough runner. Uh, Mari Cooper, four receptions, 108 yards. So hey, uh, happy for the Browns. You know, it's a big win at home against best team yeah. in the league. The four, obviously, the, the 49ers are going to be fine. They just got to get healthy. Then they got to um, – sorry, an ad started playing on this page. <laughs> Distracted me. I was like, well, who the fuck is talking right now? But anyway, yeah, I think uh, Brock Purdy is going to be fine. He's just got to – you know, I mean, hey, young quarterbacks got to go through a little adversity. Not going to win them all. And in his defense, they did. he did put them in position to win the game. At the end, the kicker just missed the – yeah. Kick. He definitely had every opportunity to win that game. He did what – I felt like he did what he needed to do. And it was just, you know, a bad kick. Some days it's, you know, tough to be a kicker. So, I mean, they they 
found a way to win. Good for the Browns. Hopefully this is what gets Deshaun Watson back on the field. And if not, then so fucking be it. If I wouldn't boohoo over this if I was the Browns. Maybe this is what gets Deshaun Watson just out of town. I know there's a lot of contract behind it, but it could, he could be just the cancerous fucking thing that holds you guys back from winning. I don't know what's going on with that. I, I think there will be some stuff that comes out after the fact, probably after the yeah. season. I think it's definitely to come. All right, we have Saints at Texans, which I took the Tex or I took the Saints, and you took the Texans. You are a smart man. I'm very disappointed in myself, actually, because I am a CJ well, Stroud homer. Honestly, that game could have went either way. Texans is just enough to win. But I think the real story, I mean, obviously, C.J. Stroud is the story, the best rookie quarterback, uh, rookie head coach. So at three and three, two and one at home, you know, you can't ask for more than that out of a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach tandem. I think the real story here is Derek Carr and his red zone inefficiency. I think I saw a stat that said he's one of the worst all-time quarterbacks in the red zone. Yeah, ever. he's he's not good. And that the, the the Saints offense just looks they can move it in between the twenties, but once they get into that actual red zone, it's like they just don't know what to, they don't forget how yeah, to play football. That's what it looks like. Derek Carr forgets what the end zone where the end zone yeah. is. So it's just you know as a if, as a Falcons fan, I like what I'm seeing because I really don't like the Colts or the Colts. I really don't like the Saints at all, you know, but as a Saints fan, looking at it from a Saints fan's point of view, it's got to be so frustrating. It's like kind of like Atlanta, you know, the quarter, it comes down to the quarterback. The defense does its job. The receivers, the, the you know, the running backs, the O-line do their job. And then the quarterback just cannot get the ball into the end zone for some reason. I think their car is not the solution for them, and it's going to be really tough pill to swallow when they try to figure that all out. I just I don't see him being the answer there, and at some point they're going to have to figure out what the fuck to do. And it's I don't I don't even know that their answer is on that team. They're going to have to find a way to figure it out. Texans they're in good position. C.J. Stroud is a good quarterback. Their future is looking very bright. I'm happy for them. I'm happy that finally for once an Ohio State quarterback has come into the league, made a name for himself. It's very appeasing like as a as an Ohio State fan to have something that that special. All right, Patriots Raiders. This is a game where you flipped me because I had Patriots off rip and then you were like, "Ah, think about it." McDaniel's revenge game, Jacoby Myers' revenge game, Jimmy G revenge game, and it ended up being the case. And Mac Jones, as much as there are shitty quarterbacks in the league, Mac Jones really is the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. Man, it's it's to the point where I would I would take Zach Wilson over Mac Jones. I don't. I don't know about that. I might be talking out of my ass. <laughs> I was but, for you to come back around on that. I was like, uh, I might. I might take that one back. But man, the Patriots are a dumpster fire right now. 
And for everybody outside of Foxborough, they're probably so they're elated yeah. about that because finally the Patriots suck yeah. again. It's a tough pill to swallow. The Raiders, the Raiders are not good either, though. Let's let's go ahead and get that straight out, straightened out. The Raiders suck too. This game was fucking dog shit. Even though the score was pretty close, and it seemed like uh, you know it, it was a good game, it really wasn't. I mean, Mac Jones takes a fucking safety at the end of the game to to cover to blow the cover. But I think the line was three and a half, and they were down three. Or no, they were down two. Okay, but any, either way, you know, the worst thing that could possibly happen when Mac Jones happens, Belichick's done. I think this is his last year in New England. But does he go and coach somewhere else? I don't know. I don't think he I don't think he wants to. I think it would be smart but, if he just shut it down. He called it quits while he was ahead. He still got his name about him. Cause if he, just have some yeah, dignity. Yeah, like, because that's – I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow – and the whole the whole thing about the Brady Belichick's you know breakup was oh now we finally get to see who who was more you know who who gets more yeah. credit was it Brady or was it Belichick and I think we've answered that question obviously it was yeah. Brady because without without Brady Belichick has done a, a whole lot yeah. of nothing so it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and- yeah, and it sucks for Belichick, and you hate to see an all-time great go out like that. But man, he just—he doesn't have nah, it anymore. Lost his that's, fastball. That's basically how it is. Neither one of these teams is good. You kind of just take it for what it is, and I pray for you, Patriots fans. I pray for you, Vegas fans, because guess what? It's also not getting any better on your guys's ends. All right, we have. Lions at Buccaneers. The Lions are proving to be one of the top teams in the NFL. Baker Mayfield gets hurt. There's not much else to say besides the brand new Lions are the brand new fucking Lions. I'm loving this iteration of the Lions. Um, Finally, we've been waiting for the Lions to be a good team. And it's here. And it looks great. Jared Goff goes for 353 yards, two touchdowns. One of the top tier teams in the league by far. They were on top of this Buccaneers team from the very get. Uh, just you know, Buccaneers. They won a Super Bowl a few years ago. They've got a few hangers on there with uh, Mike Evans and um, God, Godwin. Godwin. Um, you know, they got some defensive guys that were that are still there, but they're just not. Without the without the quarterback, you know, you're just not going to be a good football team. And I believe I, I, I'm rooting for Baker, but we we have to see how the season goes before we can really put a stamp on what what he's going to be yeah. at Tampa Bay. Go for the Lions. I hope Baker can find a way to weasel him uh, another playoff win in his career. That's kind of what I'm pulling for. All right, we have Cardinals at Rams. Rams own this whole game. The Cardinals, not much to you know, kind of expect. We we they are who we thought they were, and I mean, yeah, they're they're coming back down yeah, to earth. Which they were riding high off that Cowboys win, and I think they've kind of already exceeded expectations. And now we're kind of seeing what they really are here in Week yeah. Six. So I think that's the best way to put uh, it. The Rams, they look solid. Stafford looks good. They're a sneaky team. Like, you're not going to want to play. As long as they're healthy, they're, you're not going to want to play them at the end of the year. You're not going to want to play them in no, December. No. 
January. They're going to move that ball around, and they're going to look good doing it because they're a high fly. They're like that high flying West Coast offense that people fell in love with back in the day. I mean, I like this for Stafford. I've always had an affinity for Stafford. I think this is something really good for him to have this kind of revival because he was written off. So good for him. Good for him. All right, we have Giants at Bills, an ugly-ass game that ended in a Bills saving grace kind of moment. (sighs) Man, controversial final play of the game came down to the last play. Um <clears throat> the Bills cornerback uh, was holding the the tight uh, Darren Waller, the Giants tight end. Obviously, had him by the. I mean, it was it was blatant. Had him by the shoulder pads, and they didn't call it. But uh, to give it context, the play before that, they called a pass interference that moved the Giants to the one yard line. So the Giants had one more play to run to get in the end zone and win the game. The the no call happened and Bills end up winning this game. I have a real issue with the Bills, yeah. man. You they they play to the level of their, of their competition. Yeah. They play a bad team, they play like dog shit. They play a good team, they play great. And so, you know, you never know what you're going to get with the Bills. It was it's hard. It was hard to bet this game. I really wanted to take the Bills to cover, but it was like a 15 point spread, and you can't. I mean, you can't. I don't care how good you are in the NFL. 15 points is a lot of points. And so they end up come out, lay an egg, only score 14 points, almost get beat by the Giants. Uh, and a backup at that, Tyrod Taylor. Props to Tyrod Taylor. He did – I say props to Tyrod Taylor, but he had a bonehead play there at the end of the first half where he audible to a run, and the Giants had no timeouts. So they ran the ball, got downed, and they couldn't line up for a spike in yeah. time. The clock ran out. They didn't get any points out of that. So the Bills should man, be better, just, bro. They're just not. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. They're three yeah. and one at home, though. Four and two overall. I've seen a, a thing that said Josh Allen has a curse to where he only plays as good as the team he's facing that week. Yeah, <laughs> it's like each each yeah, I week saw that. he plays up or down to whatever opponent he faces, and it's kind of the most accurate thing I've ever seen on him and it's funny as fuck yeah it's uh, it's comical I think that's funny as fuck oh my god lord alright we have Cowboys Chargers the last game of the week it was Monday night it was a good game I mean it wasn't like the prettiest thing but it was like a good football game to watch I I enjoyed it nonetheless it was it was a very satisfying game to watch yeah, the Cowboys get back on track after that uh, ass whooping they took at the hands of the 49ers. Um, I mean, the Chargers, they just, you know, it's the coach. Once again, the coach does some crazy fucking bullshit and tries to outsmart everybody and really just ends up looking like the, a dumbass. And the there's a crazy stat out there about the Chargers. I think eight of their last, of their last eight losses – have come by three point six seven points or less, and it's like, man, if you could just get out of your own way, and like I said earlier, forget the analytics, trust your gut as a football coach, as a as a rational football mind, do the right thing, punt the ball on fourth down, kick the field goal, take the points, and you win yeah. the game. But yet he, like I said, he tries to outsmart everybody, and then he ends up going for it on fourth and one. 
they they had fourth and one, and they ran a play action rollout pass. They hadn't ran, they haven't been running the ball the whole game, and they call a fourth and one play action pass a rollout. I'm like, man, if you're gonna go for it on fourth down, you got to come with a better play call than that, because the 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 Cowboys defense was not fooled at all. They knew exactly what was coming. I think it was another Staley flub. It was ugly. It was not impressive. Not a fan of anything that he does. And I think it's time, like, even and I think yeah, he's done. They, I think he's done after this season. He's got to be. Like, there's no reason for him to be out there. As much of a liability as he is, when you've got a time frame with Justin Herbert, as small as it is, like, you've got to make something happen with this quarterback. Or, like, this could be – you know, it's a sad joke that the Chargers are the this the how would I say this? They are the joke of the NFL, so it shouldn't be the case. They have enough talent, they have enough guys. There's no reason for any of this. Lord, uh, fuck the Cowboys. They're back fighting good. I don't really want to talk about them. I don't like them. It's getting close to us playing the Cowboys, and it like means all the more. Like I'm gonna be like, fuck you. Uh, all the. Yeah, all the vitriol comes it's like, out. Dude, you're a bitch. All the piss yeah, and vinegar. You're a bitch. That's what I want to say. All right. That was our recap. It is time for us to make our way into some fucking picks now, man. Picks now. I've got to pick good. I've actually put way too much stress on myself trying to get back in front of you. So maybe I'll do good, feel better about my picks, or I'll flub this week and go fucking 0 and 15. Who knows? But let's ride it. We have Thursday night, October 19th. We have Jaguars at the Saints. Who you got, Murph? Well, I think it depends on if Trevor Lawrence plays. Trevor Lawrence plays, I'm taking Jacksonville. If he doesn't play, I'm taking New Orleans. So I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go on the premise that he doesn't play, so I'm going to take the Saints. Very bold of you. I, I just if he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, I don't think Jacksonville. I don't even know who the backup in Jacksonville is. I don't is. either, but I like enough of Doug Peterson to where I'm just going to say fuck it. I'm going to ride with the Jacksonville Jaguars and say that ETN runs for 200 yards. They don't even got a third ball. How about that? It's CJ Bethard. Hey, Beathard could win you a game. He did it in, in 49ers. Uh, Maybe we'll see. Yeah. That's the fun part about it. We'll see. I'm going with my. I'm I'm going with my NFC South. I got team. you. I got you. All right, then we have Browns at Colts. Gardner Minshew, Deshaun reported today no practice, and even with that being the case, I think I want to take the Browns just because their defense is that good. Yeah, I think I'm going to roll with Cleveland. I trust that defense more than I, than I like Gardner Minshew. So, Minshew did not look good last week. No, he started so fucking good. And as soon as I texted you, it was like interception, interception, interception. It was very devastating because I am a big Gardner guy. I have been since he was with Jacksonville. I've, I've, yeah, I've leveraged. Like, he deserves a starting job. We both have said it. So, it was very tough to see that situation come about as much as it did but 
it's neither here nor there. We're here to make picks. And the next pick we need to make is Bills, Patriots. I think this is an easy one. I'm just going to take Bills. Yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo as well. I don't know when New England gets another win. If they do, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be a time where they have to catch somebody off guard because that offense is just atrocious, Abysmal, disgusting, gross, deplorable. deplorable. All right, Commanders, Giants, another one. Tyrod looked like he could win a game, but I don't think it's gonna come against the Commanders. Commanders have a good offense. Sam Howell is good enough. Brian Robinson's good. Curtis Samuel's good. Terry McLaurin's good. I think I think I'm just gonna take the commanders there. Taking Washington. Yes, sir. Alright, we have the five and one Lions against the four and two Ravens. Now this this could be a good game to watch. Oof. Oof. I wanna say Lions. But this is tough. Alright, I'm gonna take the Lions here. I'm gonna take the Lions. Alright, um, I'm gonna take Baltimore. Okay. At home, I think it's going to be a tough environment for Detroit to come down there, play in an outdoor yeah. stadium. Uh, you know, I mean, Detroit's going to have to come back down to earth eventually. I think they're a good, great team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're top five in the league. But, you know, the Ravens are uh, right there nipping at the heels of the elite staff. Or not elite, but, you know, very good football team. Scrappy, they're going to do whatever it takes to win. They like to run the ball. They like to play defense. Harbaugh's a great coach. I think this is a great matchup, but I think Baltimore ends up taking the W. I don't know if they cover, but I think they take the W. I like that. I like that. That's definitely – it's going to be a game that we should have some kind of focus on. I think it's going to be one of the – damn it. I think it's going to be one of the better matchups – in the NFL this coming week. All right, we have Raiders at Bears. I don't know. Justin Fields is going to be out for a little bit. Jimmy G went to the hospital. I think this is going to be the ugliest game of the weekend. If anything, fuck Raiders probably. I don't have a fucking good feeling on this. I think it's going to be gross. It's going to be it's going to be Hoyer versus uh, that Badgett kid. Well, they have Aiden O'Connell at the Raiders. That's true, but Hoyer came in to finish the game against New England last week, so I don't know. I think I'm going to go Las Vegas as well. That's where I think I'm at. I think I'm just going to take Las Vegas. I mean, one of these teams has to win. I mean, I guess we could go tie. Like, God. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to tie. I don't, I don't think, think they're going to tie either. I'm going to take Las Vegas. All right, we have Falcons, Buccaneers, a good matchup. I think I want to take... I want to, oh, this is a hard one for me too. What's what's ten, what's what's Baker Mayfield's health looking like? I haven't heard, but even with that, I want to take the Falcons. You want to take the Falcons? Yeah, I want to take the Falcons here, bro. Man, I want, I to, want take to take them too. As well. But I know if we both take them, they're going to oh. lose. Well, how about this? I think I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Dude. If Baker doesn't play, I don't think they have a chance. But that's Kyle Trask. That's if, nah, if he doesn't play, this will be a game where Ritter. This will be a game where Ritter finally doesn't turn the ball over. I think. Okay, all right, I'll go Atlanta. Trust, 
trust, trust, trust. All right, Steelers at Rams. I keep calling for the game where Matt Canada gets fired, but I do think the Rams come out on this one. The Rams are going to put themselves above 500 on three. Yeah, I think the Rams win this one as well. Good, 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 good. Cardinals at Seahawks. Cardinals one and five. I think they've got their win. They've got their proving points behind them. Seahawks have made their due. I think this is a Seahawks game to win. Yeah, Seahawks all the way here. As far as money line goes, Seahawks. Uh, the line, let's see, it's at eight. I, I man. I don't know. I think Cardinals could cover that. They could. Depends on what. It depends on what team comes out in the second half. They're one of the best first half teams yeah. in the league, but second half they 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 suck. So I think it's going to be tough. Regardless, be yeah, tough to cover. Tough to cover, but it's definitely possible. So I'm not going to say it's not possible. All right, Packers at Broncos. Maybe Jordan Love gets his shit together. Hopefully, maybe or. LaFleur finally gets a kick in the ass. This is a tough one for me to decide on, but I'm going to take the Packers. I'm taking Denver here. Taking Denver. It's a good call. Because I don't like Jordan Love. I don't think he's that good. I think he had some flashes there earlier in the season, first three weeks, and ever since then he has not looked good. He, he looked – I think ever since they lost to the Falcons, they lost that lead. He hasn't been yeah. the same. LaFleur hasn't been the same. And I think this is finally the game that, that uh, Russell Wilson decides to actually win. Which I know he, he's – technically he's not the problem. There's a, lot, there's a lot more shit in Denver that needs to be addressed. But, you know, he's – He's a former Super Bowl winner. He two time, he's been in the Super Bowl twice. He had he was on track for a Hall of Fame career before he got to Denver. I think he shows a flash here of his former glory. Him and Sean Payton finally get on the same page, get it right against a struggling Green Bay team on the road. I think Denver takes this one home. I, I can really stand behind that. I really do. I like that pick a lot. I can't flip-flop because I took the Chargers, Chiefs. Is this the game where Staley gets fired? Is this the I don't think I don't think he's going to get fired this year unless he just does something incredibly like dumb. They have the lead in a Chiefs which, I mean, game I, that's, and they blow it. And they go for it on fourth down and Patrick Mahomes throws an 80-yard bomb the next play yeah. and they lose. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I'm taking Kansas City. I, I like it. I, I'm going to take Kansas City. I don't really have any quims about that. All right, 49ers, Vikings is the Monday night game. McCaffrey's probably going to be out for a bit, but that doesn't mean shit. I think the 49ers get right, find their way back. And I do this every time. I got to go back to the Eagles game because it's favorited, but we'll come back to that. 49ers win, and I think the 49ers cover. Yeah, I'm taking 49ers. Uh, minus seven. Yeah. On the road. Mm, I don't I know. I think they get right, bro. Banged up. I don't know if they cover, but I, they're definitely going to win this game. No way they lose. Pirates. 
Dolphins, Eagles, five and one matchup. This is probably actually the matchup of the weekend if you guys want to tune into some good football. Oh, for I sure. I worry about this Dolphins offense a lot. This is going to give us some troubles. It's going to be a test for our offense, but then again, the Dolphins defense isn't that great. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Philadelphia is a two-and-a-half point favorite. I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough. Go ahead. A lot of things going to be tough. I'm taking Philly. They're going to come out pissed because they know they shouldn't have lost. They lost to an inferior team last week. They're going to correct those mistakes. I feel like Sirianni is a is a good is a, co- a good coach in that uh, aspect as far as correcting mistakes, seeing coaching opportunities, and being able to to fix things that that need to be fixed. Um, Jalen Hurts is not going to play as bad as he did last week. I think he's going to take care of the turnovers. They're going to clean some of that up. I think the defense is going to be reinvigorated, wanting to prove a point that. They can hang with the best defense or the best offense in the league. I think it's a tight contest, but I think at the link at home, Philadelphia wins 24 27. Call a shot. That's a cover. All right. I'm going to take the Eagles too. That's my team. And I've got to ride. I need this win. I need it back. Dolphins fan friends. Away. So let's go ahead and take the birds and we'll call. Spade is spade. The Eagles are the better team. Murph, give me your bet of the week, and let's send this thing off. All right, my bet of the week here is L.A. Rams at home, minus three, against the... They play. Against the Steelers? Steelers. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking Rams. I'm taking Rams minus three. The Steelers... Again, going coast to coast. Uh, Rams coming off uh, a big win, a, co- a big division win against Arizona. You no, know, right in the ship. They're three and three. I just, I feel it. I think they're going to win by at least eight. I'm taking the under. You are under over under is forty four. I'm taking. You are a smart man. I do very much so like that. I think that my bet of the week is I'm very much in between two games but I'm going to ride with this one because I, I feel good about this lock of the week is take the Falcons to win over the Buccaneers I'm feeling this dude I'm feeling the Falcons with a win over the Buccaneers. Two and a half. Two and a half. Tampa Bay's... Plus two yeah, and a half. Tampa Bay's a favorite, so this is a straight up. Take them to win. Take them to cover. Over-under is 37 The over-under is 37 and a half. And I want to say that this is an over game because it's going to be like 21-17. It's going to be close. It's going to be right at 37, like 37 and a half, 38, like right in there. But I am going to take the over. I feel it. It'll be 21-17 final score. Falcons win. And it is because Ritter didn't turn the ball over three times. That's my problem. Man, I pray that you're right. I pray that you're correct in that pick. I would love nothing more for us to get a divisional win this early in the season. 
it would be very big for you guys, and I really do foresee it happening. I think this. Is awesome. Well, we we beat Carolina, but I'm not going to yeah, count that. Welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your NFL Cozy and Murph bets of the week seven. All right, Murph, write us off. Send this ship out to sea. Let's get this thing packed away. And let's head on home. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you've made it this far, you've made it to the end. We here at Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, we appreciate your support. Appreciate the love. We send it right back. Um, you know, this is something that this is like a dream come true for for me. I know it is probably for JD yes, as well. Just to be able to sit here and talk football for an hour and a half every week. I mean, I I love nothing more than to do that. So, you know, I, I appreciate, I guess, the opportunity to, to to put this out there in the ethos wherever it's found. Hope you hope you get something out of this. I hope that we are able to at least put a smile on your face or give you some sort of insight about the game that maybe you didn't think about in that way. Um, so yeah. Nothing but good vibes, good energy here. Beautifully said, Murph. You are a man wise beyond Joe Yee's. I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Please check out all of our social media links. Oh, check out the new link tree. It is fancy. It is bougie. It is well done. Check it out. If you have not seen it yet, go to any of our social media pages. You'll see our link tree to all of our goodies and goodies galore you want to see me nude just follow the link tree into our patreon we love you guys with that said peace peace